<laughs> January 27, 2021. That's six days into the new regime. Is it six or seven? Well, seven, I guess. We're on the seventh day. We're on the seventh day. Six and change in, so depending on how you count that. But another episode of Lawyer Talk, it is Wednesday, and that means the Blitz is going to be linking in shortly. It's always awkward, you know. It's like they, they sort of say, hey, you're there, and, you know, we cut some of that out for the the listenership. But uh, it does work pretty well. We're doing it here in the bunker. Uh, we're going to answer calls on the Blitz, 99.7, and uh, some of them are legal, some of them are not. I, I hope they have some calls because they already loaded you. Yeah, they did. Well, I'm not going to tell, but they already – Here's the secret. We connect with them before we actually start the questions. There's stuff that goes on off the air. Yeah, sometimes they have a really interesting call. They'll have some where somebody needs some help or a text, and they're like, "Hey, before we get on the air, this guy's got this right here." Yeah. Just so you got your guns loaded. But for the most part, ninety-five percent of the time, really, it's just the call. You don't know what's coming in. It's impromptu. So if anybody thinks that I that I somehow prepare for any of this, or that we here at the table have some insight beforehand, nah. Well, they asked their personal legal questions off yeah, the air. Off that the was air. that was kind of what it went there. Hey, Steve, yeah. uh, bibbidi bop, bibbidi boom. Can we get this? Can we get that? Huh? What do you think? Huh? You know, we're off the air. Yeah, what a resource. Yes. Yeah, so. I was thinking about it on the drive-in. I was like, you know, there's a lot, like, whenever they, they t- I don't, they didn't realize it, but I could hear them talking. They were on the air. Yeah. You know, uh, Steve, you're out of the room. I heard something coming through the headset. I put it on, I'm listening to it. And on the drive-in, I was thinking, I was about that time. Because you would go to the studio, and whenever you're off the. All right, hold on. Here we go. We're linking in. Dial 821-9970. If you need free legal advice on Loper and Randy, better call Steve. All right, so Steve Palmer is joining us. Steve, I have a couple of questions to ask you, but we're going to get to uh, our caller, Jeannie, first because uh, she's been waiting on hold patiently. How are you, sir? How are you, sir? Steve? Oh, hey, how you doing? Sorry, I know I said Jeannie and then I said Steve. I, I thought you were talking to her. My bad. I know. My conversation skills were crap just now. So I, I, I want to <laughs> apologize to you, Jeannie, and the audience in uh, Randy, Kelly, we, and Rick waiting. right now. I was waiting for an apology. <laughs> yes. Uh, Steve, how are you, sir? I am doing great. How are you guys doing? Oh, so good. So good, good to hear from our legal eagle. All right. So <laughs> Jeannie is our listener who's on hold right now. And, uh, not on hold anymore. Jeannie, you got hurt on a roller coaster? Uh-huh, yes. All right, what's your question for Steve? Okay, uh, I did file a claim, but this has happened a long time ago, and um, I didn't totally get what it should have been. And then I found out other things about uh, they were suing each other and this and that and the other. The ride obviously isn't there anymore, but my question is, can I reopen this case? Ah, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, I, I guess there's a couple things at play. It sounds to me like you were injured on a roller coaster, either at a theme park, carnival, or whatever. Yeah, can we ask where? And, uh, Kings Island. Oh, which one? The Beast. The, I knew it was oh, the Beast. Right. I knew it was the Beast. Yes. It, it, the beast. it wasn't the Beast. It was Son of the Beast. Yeah. Son of the Beast. Well, they had a lot. That, that's why they had to, they wasn't open very long and they tore it down. Well, see, yeah. this happened when we were there. It happened just before all this big stuff happened. It was, and I wasn't the only one hurt. Right, my niece was too. I'm so sorry. Um, 
and I've had an operation, and I mean, I've had it. I probably got the worst end of the whole deal. I mean, I don't know if it was because where we were sitting, but I do know that was how I was sitting, and um, there was no um, we got re- restraints like you know where you would not. I mean, I was literally leaning over to where my neck was. This is what happened. My neck was what got it the worst. No. And oh yeah, and practically like broke my neck. I'm not kidding. And I couldn't even get my surgeon to say, "Hey." Uh, he's like, well, I wasn't there. And I'm like, yeah, obviously you weren't there. But all I want him to do is say, um, had to be something pretty horrific to cause my neck to do what it did. And I didn't have bone issues or anything like that because they took a bone from my hip to put into my neck. And then I'd have like what they call, looks more like a ladder than a plate. So anyway, and I've just had unbelievable i mean and i think i do have nerve damage i was, was never told i actually have but i take medicine for it so hey i love you well, Jeannie. I, i'm just kind of I, I think you know it's yeah i got the gist of this yeah. so how long here's the problem um lawsuits like that this is negligence you're, you're going to be up against a statute of limitations and the statute of limitations right. generally for a lawsuit like this would be two years and if you signed a settlement agreement if you already resolved the case back however long ago this was and i'm guessing it was more than two years ago Boy, it's, oh, yeah. it, you're probably not, yeah, you're not in a good position here to reopen this and try to relitigate this. I mean, this is why I urge people here on the Blitz and everybody I talk to, don't sign anything, get an attorney, call me. I'll be happy to just give you some quick advice. But usually my advice after an accident, after an injury is always the same. Don't sign anything until we know more. I'm happy to help you out. So, you know, like with my clients in my practice, they call us something like this. I always tell them, listen, just, just, Get it to me. Let's talk about it before you make any decisions. That way, at least you're not jumping into something uh, that's going to end up hurting you later because you got to remember there's always an interest on the other side to get the mess resolved. They want it resolved. They want to pay it quickly and be done. And that's not always right. in our best interest because you get injuries that, that last longer than uh, than you thought or something comes up later. And, and we can craft settlements if done correctly, that can cover that. But if it's already done, boy, I, I really, I feel horrible about telling you this, but I don't think there's much I can do. If you want to get a second opinion, please do call whoever. But Right. Um, well, I've had other people. My niece even actually had filed a thing and they gave her whatever. But when my lawyer that I had, he said, if you want to reopen this, this is how he said it. You know, I would have to pay back, which I got a stupid amount. I mean, it was just ridiculous. It wouldn't, it wouldn't even cover my half of my doctor's visits. But hey, Jeannie, we um, wish you all the luck in the world. Um, we're gonna have to move on just because we have some other people. Okay. But we you love call you. Call him. All you right. can call him privately. Yeah, call Steve anytime you want. Steve, you want to give her that number uh, for off the air? Yeah, sure. Six one four two two four six one four two. Give me a shot. So easy. All right. Hey, Jeannie, okay. thank you. All right. Thank don't you. don't don't mean all to right. cut you off. Bye. Sorry. <clears throat> Son of the beast. Ugh. Oof. Allegedly hurt her, man. That's that's crazy. Had so much hope for that roller coaster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So did, so did Daddy Beast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Steve, can a company actually force an employee to get coronavirus vaccinated? You know, I I don't know yet. Um, I, I think eventually the answer is probably going to be yes. I think they're probably going to say, "Look, you're, we need all our people vaccinated, or you can't work here now." I, I, I'm, I'm mixed on this because I, I do believe that private uh, employers should be able to make decisions like that. And, and your, your option, of course, is uh, don't take the job, get a different job or do whatever. And, and 
you know, there, there's that sort of ideology behind that. But I think eventually it's going to end up that if you almost everybody's going to be somehow required or mandated to get this vaccine, whether you like it or not, and it'll be done in subtle ways like you can't keep your job because we can't get insurance because you're not vaccinated or you can't get on a plane and you got a family trip to Mexico or, you know, whatever it would be. They're going to they're going to do enough. They being the the uh, the mighty powers that be the government. Uh, they're going to do enough to make it so everybody gets this vaccine, whether you think you need it, whether you want it, or whether it works or not. That's my guess anyway. Hmm. All right. And w- what's going on with the impeachment? Uh, we had a question. Like, legally, I mean, like, how, how does this play out? How many months do you think it takes? Uh, do they impeach the former president or not? Well, it, I don't think... It, they are. They've done it. So the impeachment is is sort of complete that part anyway in the House of Representatives. It's now the, in dramatic fashion. I saw this video where they're all walking over in this solemn uh, stares on their face. The, the articles of impeachment to the Senate where there's going to be a trial. Now, there's a couple of weird things about this. One, uh, Trump is no, no longer the sitting president. So it's not any it's not like you're taking somebody out of office. And there's an argument based on the the language that impeachment then or the trial then is moot meaning it's it's no longer relevant and it just should be dismissed uh, and i think Rand paul and some others got up and made some pretty passionate pleas about that um but then there's another weird problem that's going on is that generally speaking the chief justice of the u.s supreme court would preside over that and i and i understand roberts is not so they're probably going to get like the some majority senate leader or somebody to preside over it yeah they and got steady hoyer to do the it process. the steady hoyer said he would do it and then he got sick and went to the hospital yesterday so Boy, that's a movie oh, scenario, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, I'll do oh it. Gosh. Oh, now you have disease. You'll have to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, look, what's the purpose of impeaching Trump in theory? Then he can't run for office again. So if you hate him that much or really think it's that dangerous, then uh, maybe that's their their uh, publicized reason. Maybe there's more going on. Maybe there's not more going on. You can insert your own theories behind all that. Um, I just ask because I genuinely have no idea what's going on. And I think a lot of people feel the same way. And, you know. People just want objective opinions that aren't slanted. And I think that's one of the major things with the news right now. You get nothing but commentary. And right now, people uh, that live in this country, we, we're good with commentary on both sides. Yeah, uh, you're, you're exactly right. And, you know, where I fall on this, whether you support Trump, whether you don't support Trump, why are we spending money? Because it's going to cost a lot of money and a lot of time that is better allocated to a lot of other things. And if nothing else, that's the best way to handle this. I mean, there, we have a debt. There's a price tag to everything. And uh, instead of doing things that may be more productive uh, to help the people, we're going to waste our time and money on impeachment. And, you know, I would say that whether you support them or you don't support them or whether whatever it is, because at the end of the day, there's nothing to be gained, at least in my opinion, or very little to be gained, in my opinion, uh, by going through with the impeachment. And this is a, a, for whatever it's worth. I have this discussion with people all the time as they contemplate being charged wrongfully or rightfully of whether they should go have a jury trial, because there's always alternatives. There's always a risk reward and there's always a cost to everything. And, you know, it may be that it's not worth fighting your speeding case because at the end of the day, the two points you're going to get on your license uh, isn't as important or it doesn't have as – spending hundreds of dollars to fight it doesn't make sense because the two points, you know, you don't care about it. Um, and you can scale that up. Maybe you're risking 10 years in prison versus no years in prison if you win at trial uh, or if you lose. You know, there, there's, there's always an economic type analysis that I think should be considered. The problem is 
it's easy not to consider those things when it's not your money. And this is why uh, I always try to insert the real or the economics back into it because it's easy for, for, you know, my kids to spend my money, you know, that why shouldn't they have that new baseball bat? Because it's my money. They don't have any value to them. Um, and it's easy for our government to spend our money on something like an impeachment. And, you know, because it's, it's like, they don't see the cost. They don't, they don't feel it. Um, it's just so removed that uh, those considerations are gone. So, and this works, you know, it, it, this isn't even to be political. It's just to be economical. You know, this is, uh, it exposes this kind of thought process and analysis, I think, exposes motives that are important for the American people to know. So this is a question, a uh, question for Steve. Is there statute of limitations on a custody hearing? I've been in court since April of 2019 for an emergency custody hearing. I filed for temporary uh, without hearing, uh, temporary custody without hearing, f- without a hearing and full custody on top of the emergency custody. And the judge keeps pushing it back and wants to hear it all at the same time. Am I able to sue the courthouse for losing the original paperwork and not hearing my case? That's Josh in Kashakton. Well, at first, Josh, I, I urge you to get a qualified attorney to help you. This is a, this is a proceeding in juvenile court. It sounds like, and you know, there's, there's some moving parts to this that get confusing. In short, though, I think the answer is no. I don't think there's going to be much recourse for this. And, and, you know, welcome to the court system and welcome to the court system on steroids during the COVID pandemic uh, time frame because everything is getting booted down the road. Everything is getting postponed. Everything is sort of on hold. I have criminal cases that have been pending now for over a year and I can't get them into court to resolve them. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's not so good. It sounds like in his situation, it's not so good. Uh, all I can do is urge you to get a lawyer, have your lawyer try to push this into court as fast as possible. And uh, if that's the right thing for the case, it may not be. Um, but make that decision with your attorney and do whatever you can. But, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a brave new world out there. And I don't know how all this shakes out once uh, or if this ever sort of lifts. All right. Our dude, Steve Palmer, each and every Wednesday, he's with us giving legal advice. You guys can uh, always contact him off the air. Steve, uh, that number one more time. Sure. 614-224-6142. Check us out at OhioLegalDefense.com. And check out the podcast. If you guys go to TheBlitz.com, you guys can hear Lawyer Talk with Steve Palmer. It's right there. All right. Another Blitz session. Um, You know, the roller coaster. She had a story, man. She wanted to continue. She would have talked. They were kind of like, sorry, look, we got, we got to not to cut you short, but we got to cut you short. Everybody feels bad for her. The problem is there's just, you know, there's, she had a lot of information to share. It sounds like she's had a lot of uh, suffering and, and, and pain as a result of this. <clears throat> and, and now she did have a lawyer. She finally told us at the time. And, you know, I guess her lawyer is saying something about being able to give back the settlement to reopen it. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. Usually I've never heard of that. Um, I, I hope that she has the ability either financially or otherwise through insurance or through her settlement to cover her medical expenses. But I sensed that's not the case. That sounds like it's not the case. I, I, I do believe I heard a number of people getting injured on the ride. They had to tear, tear it down. I remember all that. I rode that roller coaster once or twice. Who is that now? Is that Paramount? Is it Paramount? Yeah, it is Paramount. Yeah. I think I don't know if I'm right. Is that, is that? I think it is. I think I can envision the sign that says Paramount Kings Island or something. Yeah, they got some money. 
They got well, they do. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know if Paramount owned it back then, but I, I mean, you're going back a decade at least. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't know when they tore it down. I I haven't been to Kings Island, and I probably about I don't know. I think I went there probably about ten, eleven years ago, maybe. I, I it's been at least that for me. Oh, no, no, no. I took the kids there a couple years ago, but I got to tell you, man, I did ride that son of beast, and it was a beast, man. It 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 beat you up. It was. Uh, I didn't write. I, I, if I wrote it twice, I, I probably I, I can't even. I bet you I didn't even write it twice in the same day. But that's the only time I got off a roller coaster and I just thought that that wasn't that enjoyable. That was actually sort of painful. My brother works for Ariel, and they take him up to uh, Cedar Point. They do a uh, and you can get family members to come with you on the on the venture. And uh, nice thing is that you, they have it to where an hour before it opens or an hour before the hotel guests are allowed in, they have like two, three rides open up and just the company. So you could just like, and they're always the new rides. Some of those new ones, though, man, they're smooth. Yeah. But then when you get on those old ones, like she said, you know, with just the belt lap that gets on you, man, those things can beat you up. And then they're wood. So if you think about, you know, the new ones, are they ride, they just ride on these greased up rails or something. You know? yeah. it's, it's almost like a monorail. And, uh, the, you know, they're fast and they're scary that way, but they don't. They don't throw you, and 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 I guess on top of that, they have the the shoulder thing that comes yeah, over you. Usually, you're you're locked in there, almost claustrophobic. Yes, yeah, yeah. But then you get on the old ones there, you know, and they've got some too that that you're just kind of sitting in a cart. You, you know, feel like you're Coney fly Island, out, right? You know, style. There's a couple. I remember riding as a kid. A couple of those, like, oh, holy crap! I'm going to fly out of this thing. And you know, I always wondered, wonder if they really check this. Is Man, it, that's is it like, really safe. Was that like four years ago now? I don't even know how many. It was at the Ohio State Fair where they had that incident there where the cart went crazy. It went, mm-hmm. Killed one. Somebody lost multiple injuries. I know that one died. Know one guy lost his leg. Yeah, nasty stuff. And I made a decision a long time before that. I am never getting on a carny ride ever, <laughs> ever, ever. Because, you know, it, it, it's like anything. If you have to dismantle something, put it on a truck, drive it around, reassemble, I'm not suggesting anything about the people who perform those jobs. I am suggesting, though, there's a lot of variables. There's a lot of wear and tear. A lot of moving parts. And there's a lot that goes into that. And Right. So it it would be, you know, the protocol checklist. I have no idea what it is, but I imagine that it, it exists and you have to do all these things. But even then, it's like metal can fail. You got a hairline fracture on a weld that's bolting something together, and you don't see it, don't know it's there. A few rides, you know, I mean, first three days going good, and then things can break. I don't know. I, I think it's been a while since I've been on a ride like that. And then I'm trying to think about at those big parks. I mean, everybody could be claiming. I don't want to say she was. It sounds like she had surgeries, and I believe that it happened. But there could be a lot of false claims. Yeah. So where is their liability lie? Do we ever sign anything when we go in these parks or agree? Well, because no matter what, come on, you click to agree. We click to agree. We agree. Americans agree to everything until they don't. Until it, it backfires. And they're like, well, wait a minute, you didn't tell me that. Yeah, no, that's it. It's like, well, you clicked on this three-page thing on the internet. You know what I mean? How many times have you agreed to things? You read them. Yeah. Like you, you got an update coming on. Do you agree? You know what I tell people when they send they, they here here sign this contract. And it's got all this like fine print. Like, here, sign this. You want to read this first? And I was like, no, man, it's not enforceable anyway. And they just look at me like, really? And I was like, I'm just kidding, man. I'll sign it. But the point is nobody reads all the small print until you have to, until there's a problem. And that's not good. You should read it. 
There's a doctrine, though, called assumption of risk. And we would need Dave Goldstein or one of the pros to come in and really talk about civil liability. But there's this doctrine called assumption of risk. We do assume a certain risk when we engage in, in activities. So you can't say, um, you know, like say skydiving. You know, it's inherent, there's inherently dangerous stuff. And we've assumed a certain degree of risk as a result of that. Now, if somebody screws up and there is negligence that you can prove that causes you to die, they didn't pack your chute or, you know, they pack it full of laundry instead of an actual parachute, something like that. Um, you know, that's negligence and then they have liability. But say you break your ankle coming down in a normal pace, you know, that, that was, that's going to be a dicier one because you've assumed a certain degree of risk as a result of engaging in that behavior. I remember every time I get on a roller coaster, like at Disney or something, and you get those little signs. If you are old or in or decrepit or suffer from X, Y, Z, or your neck has, please don't ride. And, you know, you read that and that's sort of like their disclaimer. So I think there's going to be a certain amount of risk that you've assumed if you get like a whiplash injury or something. Now, it turns out that son of beast was unreasonably rough. And I use that word unreasonably in a legal sense because everything, uh, believe it or not, is judged by the reasonable man or reasonable person standard these days. You can't say man, but the reasonable person standard. So if it's um, if it's uh, reasonable for somebody to tighten all the bolts on a, in a ride and to expect that to be done and somebody didn't, well, that's negligent. I mean, that's an oversimplification, but... I would reasonably expect that somebody would have tightened everything up, checked the welds, put it together correctly. That's reasonable. Um, now, if, if something, if an act of God happens, like I'm struck by lightning while riding a ride, well, I mean, I couldn't reasonably foresee that if I'm the owner of the ride, unless maybe there was a lightning storm, then I should have shut it down. Then you have a claim. That's sort of how it works. So nothing like anything else, or like anything else in law, nothing is concrete. There's no absolutes other than, you know, lawyers are awful. <laughs> I'll grant that. But it has to be, you know, it's like imagine trying to create a legal network of standards that applies to everybody and then apply it and enforce it as uniformly as you can and fairly as you can. It's very difficult. Yeah. I think that uh, she's, she's kind of got to eat it. SOL, I'm yep. guessing. Yeah. Yep. SOL. That's what I think. So, you know, that is what it is. And, and then, you know, they did talk about the impeachment. I gave my two cents. I, um, I, I, I and I, I do stand by this. I did not vote for Biden. End of story. I would not vote for Biden. Uh, anybody who wants to know, I'd be happy to share my reasons. It's I'm not, I'm not shy about it. Um, but if this were reversed, and we were trying to impeach, say, Obama after he left the office, I would not be in favor of that either. It is just not anything that is going to be good. I believe for the country. See, we, I, I do believe in the rule of law and precedent, and I don't like when things are changed for what I perceive as emotional reasons and not legal reasons. Because the next time it's the other side doing it. I didn't agree for the same reasons that Congress had the authority or the Senate had the authority or even Pence had the authority to just declare the election over and give it to Trump. Without, unless there was something really, really obvious and big and strong. Because you're giving the federal government authority to change the outcome, and that authority is going to be used in opposite the next time. There is no end to it. It's a seesaw. It never ends. So 
This impeachment to me, if it is really just because we really, 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 really hate Trump and we really, really, really want to get our last little needle in the eye, it's not a good reason. Save our money. Please save our money. Bastardize the guy. Criticize the guy. Call him names. Throw sticks and stones at him. You know, we can talk about whether the uh, somebody should do business with him or not on the private. I, I don't care about any of that. Just don't spend any more government money dealing with this. It's over. He lost. Biden's your president. Move on. Impeaching him is only going to spend more money, take more time, and to the extent that you do have like, what, 70 million people, give or take, out there, it ain't going to be that unifying for them. So I, I honestly, you know what I would do if I were Biden? If I were president and I were Biden, I'd pardon him. I'd pardon him. People are like, oh, you're crazy. Why would you do that? I'd pardon him because I would say, look, folks, our country's got this fracture. It's got this big uh, canyon that has opened up in the earth that separates us ideologically. And, and it runs not even, not even in a straight line. It runs through households, through schools, through businesses, you know, through your families. I mean, it's like it is a mess. And if you're really going to reunify and you're the president, I would stand up and I would say, ladies and gentlemen, my fellow Americans, here's where we are. I'm going to pardon this man. I don't agree with anything he said. I don't agree with anything he did. In fact, I think he did some very awful things, and we're going to change all that, and I'm going to, I'm going to impose my ideology, and you know, I won the election. So be it. But we're going, to leave, we're, going to, we're going to put this behind us. We're not going to have any more of this nonsense, and we're going to put uh, Donald Trump in a rearview mirror, and that's that. Bye-bye. That would unify the country, or that would that would be a huge that, step. I think that'd be a big step, but that's not going to happen. People are going to think I'm nuts. Well, absolutely nuts. But that it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No. He's still whenever he's talking, he's got to throw a little trash talk on on the Don in there. This is the problem. It's the old. It's my remember Outlaw Josie Wales, mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies, where he's like, "Don't piss down my neck and tell me it's raining." So they say, yeah, we're going to unify, and then they throw these digs in. Now, I don't care. I don't expect Joe Biden to like Donald Trump. It's not like they had a real uh, warm and fuzzy relationship. No, they did not. At least say, I hate that man. I don't care to unify with anybody that supported that man. J- just say it, and because it's it's that's more unifying to me than nonsense. Well, he has already stated that it's moot that to even go forward with it. Biden did? Yeah. The good for him. I mean, I, I didn't hear that. So good yeah. for him. Um now, if you're in the if you're in Congress, either either now, they house, didn't report very heavily on that, and then there were people that were kind of like, "What did he mean by that?" <laughs> and then they'd be like, "What do you mean by that?" He meant like what Rand Paul said. He's like, you know, that that we're just jibber jabber. Yeah, we're just we're just. This is all political masturbation at this point. Just just be done with this. Move on. If you want to get a consensus, and you know, hats off to uh, there there. I saw some reach out on out of the I think it was the House Republicans saying, "Look, we're willing to work with you guys now." Who knows if that's true or if that's just a show of whatever. But, uh, it, you know, if if that occurs as a result of this, great. But, you know, move on. Start focusing on that stuff because it just looks I mean, like— tell pull- me a person that you've seen that got beat up harder in four years than that man did. Never happened. He is—it is it is, it is, it is I a— I mean, 24-7 for four years he was getting pounded and beat up— and ridiculed, and it just blasted from every end. He was, he really was, within the Republican Party to out of the party to, to you know, me to the media. I hope that right now he's in Marlago, sitting back, 
man, I said this about, I've said this about every president that I've actually watched in my adult life. Look at, look at him day one and look at him like four years later, eight years later. It is obvious. So much you do like a, um, I've seen, I've seen, I've I've seen time lapse before on multiple presidents uh, on the hair. Yeah. How it goes in and comes out. I saw, I mean, yeah, even Obama got hit. And and look, Bill Clinton, man, that guy, that guy took arrows every day too. Like that would be the second closest. Yes. Like Ken star up your ass 24 seven for the last two, how many years of his presidency? It's like, um, Man, that, that it's like dealing with that cost. Now, on the like the the Trump haters or the people that call him Hitler, or whatever, they're going to say, "Well, that's only because he deserved it." You know, he gave us so much to work with. And the people on the other side would be like, "No, you manufactured half of it, and then you never shut up about it once it started." Both are probably true uh, on some level, and in the middle, you're going to find the reality. But I used to say, like, when, even when the beard was down here, we'd be bickering about this stuff, and I'd say, "Listen, he's giving you plenty of gaffes." Because Trump did that. You know, he said stuff that easily, almost even without taking it out of context, sounded horrible. Just run with that. But don't take the don't take the unintended stuff out of context and try to cram that back at him because then it's a it's an overreach and it's like, I don't know, there's this notion, even the bully gets bullied. Like even even the bully, when it goes too far against him, starts getting some empathy. So I, I don't know. No, I wish him all the luck. I, I, I hope that things go forward. I think that, uh, you know, we prosper, that, that things, you know, get back to rolling. Yep. You know, I, I'm not going to sit around and, and I, I want I want things to get rolling again. And there's going to be, it's going to be a difficult run, man. Well. For a lot of people. For a lot of people. And I don't know. You know, this is one of those times where stuff is – when, when it's not, when it, when I, I, I've given this a lot of thought, I don't agree with the policies that are coming out of our federal government for all sorts of reasons. And it's very difficult for me to see this happen. It's very difficult for me to see any president, whether it was, I think this started a little bit with Bush too. Well, it started a lot, even before that, but it, like it became very trendy. And then Obama, after his, after Obama had all three house, or he had both houses under him when he first started two years of that. Um, and then he tried to get all his stuff that he couldn't. So even Obama ran on this platform, like, look, president doesn't have this authority. I can't do it. But then when he realized he, he wasn't getting it done, he just sat back with his pen and started signing executive orders. I hate that, man. I hate that. I hate executive orders. And, and that's what we're seeing right now out of Biden. And Trump had his fair share of executive orders. A lot of them were sort of undoing what Obama did and he had his own. And then, you know, there's this weird scenario that like pandemic that we can declare an emergency and do everything. But the problem is it feels like a monarchy right now. Like how many executive orders have been, have been signed? Like 20, 31. 31. Some of them are, have substance. Some of them don't. Uh, some of them are designed to sound good, but do nothing. Some of them are actually doing stuff, but, and I don't think sound so good. Um, I guess the point is, is that we have sort of created this governmental structure now where the president dictates policy directly. And I don't ever remember that occurring. Like people would say, well, Obama's going to take your guns. And I would say, no, he can't take our guns. He doesn't have that authority. But now I'm starting to wonder, wait a minute, have we given the president that much authority? Have we really done that? Um, Congress is supposed to make laws, not the administrative side of government, but it seems like all Congress does is bicker and moan and, and fight and throw sticks and stones at each other 
about budgetary stuff and then delegate all the real lawmaking to the administrative bodies. I, it's like, I, I don't know what's going on, which is an executive side of government. I mean, it just is, it's so, it's so crazy. So I don't know. I don't, I don't have a lot of faith either. I don't, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Like our parents, I talked to my dad about this. Now, maybe we can move on and talk about bigger and better things. But I talked to my dad about this, about this threatening to pack the court and this administrative government and executive orders and and where it's going. And he said, that's funny. You know, my parents, I remember my parents arguing and talking about this in 1932 with uh, FDR. Same kind of stuff. Now, we survived what, how many years? Like 80, 90 years is after that. So uh, give or take. So we will, the country will go on and, you know, it may be structurally different, um, but it will go on. Now, all that said, we, we've been bellyaching, even I've been bellyaching about this a little bit. People are all too willing to throw away the governmental structure, or fundamentally change the government, or fundamentally do this, or we need these big changes. And you know what? I, I guess fair enough. Have your big changes, but let's read what we have now. At least read and understand what our constitution is before we try to impugn it. Let's read and understand what the Bill of Rights is before we try and read the Federalist Papers. Read the Anti-Federalist Papers. Read a little bit of history. Read a little bit of John Locke. Read a little bit of Thomas Hobbes. Go back farther. Read a little bit of Aristotle, and then figure out how he disagreed with Plato. And I'm, I'm being serious here, folks. Listen, I mean, read this stuff. It's it's because it's it's not like that our government was created based upon somebody's figment or somebody's whim. You know, they studied these things and created a form of government that that was very limited. So when when we hear when we hear like oh, there's gridlock or you know we can't get anything done. This is absurd. And even I saw Portman from Ohio. Uh, said he's not running again because it's great. I can't get anything done. It's too frustrating. It's like, I hear those things. I think, yes, that's awesome. People are like, what are you talking about? Like, that's awesome because that's how it's supposed to be. If the federal government can't get anything done, they can't take your money and they can't spend it on things that you don't agree with. And this works both ways, folks. It works both ways. If they're taking your money and spending it, half the country now doesn't agree and the other half does and they just want more of it. Um, and then the only other final thing I'll say, I've said like three final things. The only other final thing I say is that now, every time I hear it discussed, we have this mystical democracy. I even heard Biden say this in the speech. Was it yesterday? Might've been yesterday. <laughs> we have a democracy and the majority, and he kept saying this, the majority, both Republicans, Democrats, and independents agree that we should do X, Y, Z, that we need coronavirus stuff or this or that or the other. The problem is we don't have a democracy for good reason. We have a republic. We have a democratic process in many ways, but it's not majority rule. It is not. And imagine if it were. What would that have done with things like slavery? What would that have done with things like Jim Crow laws? What would that have done if the majority throughout our country always got to pick the president, without the insulating protection of the electoral college. It's awesome when you're in the majority and you like it, but it always turns around. That monster turns back on you, and you're going to get it sooner or later. You can't do that. You just have to resist the urge to take too much power for yourself. But all right, well, that's uh, that's my two cents. What else is going on in the world? 
Nothing. I had some questions. You got questions? I did. Let me pull them up. Um, the the one that that stuck out at me here. So a good question, actually a great question. Will a drunk driving conviction, an OVI in Ohio, show up on a background check? Now, this was such a good question that I actually typed out an answer this morning. I'm going to include it on my frequently asked questions page for my attorney or my law firm website, HighLegalDefense.com. Great question. Um, and like every other question, or lots of questions I answer, the, it, it, it all depends. But let me, let, me, let me start here. Traffic offenses in Ohio are different than criminal defenses in Ohio. Now, this matters because if you have a traffic violation, it's, uh, it shows up in, generally speaking, Chapter 45 of the Ohio Revised Code. So if you've ever gotten a red light ticket in Ohio, I'm not talking about like Columbus or a municipality. They got their own. But in Ohio, it usually says like 45-something or other. For DUIs, it would say 4511.19. That is, by definition, a traffic violation. And then if you've ever been in criminal trouble, you will generally see the number 29 in front of whatever is happening. So it's Chapter 29 of the High Revised Code. So, you know, if you've committed a, a murder or something, you're going to see a 29 blah, 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 blah. All right, those are criminal violations. If you filled out an employment application, most people will hear this question. Please let us know, or something like it, if you have ever been convicted of a crime, it may say, have you ever been convicted of a felony or an offense, a theft offense? Um, but they almost always specify either felony, theft offense, or crime. And the reason for that is because by definition, those are criminal charges traffic violations, you don't have to say yes to that unless specifically. Yeah, you might even say, they might even ask, these crafty ones would say, have you ever been convicted of a crime or a serious traffic violation that has its own definition? That might start to trigger some duties. Um, all right, so what's the question? Will it show up on a background check? First of all, it'll always show up on your traffic record. We have these ongoing roles of traffic records, and in theory, you can go all the way back to the day you started driving, whenever that was in your life, and if you got a ticket, you could find it, in theory. Um, now, at certain stages, they probably didn't record that stuff so well. But at least the, the last 20 years, you can find. Like you can go right now and look it up, and you'll find it. You can get your driver's abstract. Points generally fall off after, I think, three years. So if you get a two-point speed on your third year, it's gone. Um, if you get 12 total within that period, you get your suspension, and there's other stuff that can happen. It sucks. Um, but those are all traffic rules. So when people say, can I get my drunk driving case expunged or sealed? The answer is no, because in Ohio, you can't seal or expunge <clears throat> traffic violations. Can't do it. Not yet anyway. Now, um, on the other hand, criminal violations, you can seal your record and you can expunge it or you can do whatever the law would permit, uh, depending on what it is and, and, and certain circumstances. Here's the final, or here's sort of the, End game, And all this matters because if I'm an employer and I'm doing a background check, it is different than if I'm the Bureau of Motor Vehicles printing out your traffic record. It is different than what the police would do to print out your criminal and traffic record, like your NCIC or your, your BCINI record uh, or whatever the national database would be. Um, they get to see something different. Most employers subscribe to services. I know Lexus has one and there's some other big ones where – they, they provide search information for people, generally speaking. Like, they'll look at you, Jared, and they'll, they'll tell you where you live. They could run you by name, and uh, 
they'll tell you all your addresses, known addresses. They'll tell you courts that you've had interaction with. They'll tell you, they basically do a, a private public record search and provide that service sort of as a whole to people who subscribe. Generally, they can find by background check just about anything, like lawsuits against you, whatever. But it doesn't always matter. They don't always look for those things. So will DUI show up on a background check? The answer is if they're looking, it'll probably show up. If it happened at a, at a time when it was recorded publicly, it'll probably show up. But they may not be looking, and they may not care if they find it. So that's the that's the long-winded, complex answer that sort of uh, is answered by the same thing I always say. It all depends. It all depends. Or yes, no. Yeah, I guess maybe. you're right. That depends on what they're looking into it. If they're hiring you to drive one of their vehicles, I'm sure they're going to be more opt to look to see what how your driving record is. Yep. If they're hiring you to be a cashier, maybe they're like, yeah. Yeah, we don't care. We don't care you got DUI, but they might care if, uh, well, you got you stole three times here from your past employers. Right. You're a thief. That's yeah. that I don't want you on the register. Maybe you should drive the truck. <laughs> Except wait, you have three DUIs. So that's a great point. And here's, here's what you're talking about. If a lot of employers, mostly I, I had somebody in my office the other day, and I always ask, what do you do for a living? And I'm not just asking that to pry or just to make nice talk. I need to know because if you work, say, for Acme Inc. selling widgets and as part of your job, they give you a car. Say, hey, look, what a great job. You get the company car. You get this brand new, fancy Toyota Corolla, Honda Accord. A lot of times they're Chevys. Chevy Impala. They still make the Impala? No. Impala's they gone. They stopped making that, what was it, like a year or two ago? That's too bad. Whatever the current Chevy sedan is. Remember the Chevy I Citation? Think, I think I, well, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I don't think they have any more sedans. Chevy doesn't have a sedan now? Mm. Man. I, if they did, it'd be the Malibu, but for some reason I think oh, they Malibu, ended the Malibu. Yeah. I think they ended the Malibu as well. Uh, I, 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 know, I know Ford has. Ford has eliminated all sedans. They had like all, the they got, they got no the, cars. That they're all they're all gone. They're well, gone. they had the Fusion. You know, uh, Lincoln had the MKZ. They had the uh, they had a number, but uh, don't gone. Everything's roller skate now. Everything's uh, uh, a shrunken minivan or SUV or yeah, the hybrids. You can hybrids. see a lot of hybrids. The Ford Fo- or the Ford uh, Edge. Ford Edge. I don't know what the Chevy version of that is. The co- they, well, Chevy well, they got Cobalt. the Trailblazer and they got the Blazer back. They got the Blazer, but what's their little one? They got a little one too. GMC's got it. The Terrain. yeah, they've got they've got like a little Sprint car. They got a little. But, uh, I yeah. don't think they have any sedans. They don't have like the. I don't think they have a sedan. Big Boss Hog. No, no. Hmm. All right. Well, anyway, if you get one of those cars, whether it's a sedan, whether it's a <laughs> a. Uh, a hybrid or, or not the hybrid, what do they call it? Like the CRV, the Honda CRV or whatever, the, the Ford Edge. You get one of those as a result, as a benefit of your job. Well, it's probably being insured by something called fleet insurance. What that means is an insurance company has agreed to write a policy for the employer, for the company. And that policy covers everybody driving all the cars. Problem with that emerges when one of the people driving the cars has a bad driving record or has a DUI on their record. The fleet insurance folks will say, sorry, Acme, you can't have this person on our policy and keep your fleet insurance for everybody else. So you, as the DUI 
as the unfortunate DUI employee have become a fly in the ointment. And the employer will say either, A, you can't work here, you're fired, or we're not going to hire you in the first place, or B, if you're valuable to the company, if you are really important or they really, really like you, or maybe it's your dad or stepfather's company, they'll, they'll bend the rules and make you get your own policy separately. Or I've had, I've had people do workarounds by agreeing not to use the company car and use their own car. I've had companies say, sorry, that doesn't work for us. Usually you can smoke out the people that they care about and the people they don't care about. Um, but it happens a lot, man. Sales is a drinking, it's a drinking game. Sales meetings, beers, Fridays, happy hours. That's what happens. Not that much this year. Except for this year. It's all changed. It's all by Zoom now and phone calls. I, you know, it's a, it's a brave new world. But yeah, that's when it does matter if you have a DUI for your employer. Um, other things matter. Or there's other professions too where it might matter. So mine, for instance, if I have a DUI on my record and I'm applying to sit for the bar, that's the test. I have to disclose that. I have to go through a character and fitness interview. They want to make sure I don't have uh, some flaw in my character that would make me a bad lawyer. Well, like, all you have to do is look at all the lawyers throughout time and realize that process is a little bit shady, right? <laughs> like, wait a minute, that guy got through a character and fitness interview? Yeah. Uh, in accounting, probably. Teachers, I think, I get a lot of this. Teachers will come in and say, look, I, I got a DUI, I'll get fired. Most of the time, no. Most of the time, that doesn't happen. Uh, I have people call their union reps, uh, and there's usually deals that are that are in place. Uh, but nurses, another one, they have licensing. It's something that I always refer people to a good attorney <clears throat> to discuss those licensing issues before I resolve the case because I want to know, is this going to screw up your light, your professional light, whether you're a nurse, doctor, pharmacist, dentist, anybody that's got a license, financial light, like Series 6, 7, whatever they are, I always, I always want to double check. Now, here's the thing. If they started excluding everybody that had a DUI, it's like you got nobody working, sort of like coronavirus. Let's just, let's just unemploy half the population. They, in other words, the, the hit on DUI or the, the impact of a DUI on somebody's uh, record is diminished every time they add a new one to somebody else because eventually it's just a, the, the exception is bigger than the rule. So that's, that's the— Yeah, after a while when everybody's got one. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, do I, yeah. It's almost, uh, yeah, it's almost a badge of. Oh. And then if you look at people too, a lot of them, it's like, that was 20 years ago. And where do you draw the line if you're a company? 20 years ago? Well, that was, and this is another good point, the look back period for a first, so you got a first offense OVI, say back in 2010. And it resolved, done, over. Uh, meaning off probation, fines paid, everything done. The look-back period to make it a second offense OVI. So look-back, it's like uh, meaning if you get another one within this time frame, it becomes an enhanced second offense OVI. It's 10 years in the Ohio Revised Code. I thought it was 20. Now, for different purposes, it's, it's, it's different, but it's 10 years. Now, 20, if you're going to go back like four and five to get felony convictions. Okay. In the state or the city code, in other cities, they have no look-back. It's like lifetime. Um, so you can imagine what we do. We flip them from one to the other as plea bargaining, but yeah, generally it's a 10 year look back for OVIs. Uh, so if you got one eight years ago and you come in and you're charged with a new one, well, guess what? That's treated like it is. Well, it's, it's charged as a second offense OVI, meaning 
If you just go plead guilty, they have to do bigger and better and badder things to you than they did the first time. The big one, 10 days in jail, mandatory minimum. 10 days. People are like, well, I mean, like, really? Like, what? Like, 10 days? Like, jail? Like, yeah, jail. Yep, go plead guilty, you go to jail for 10 days. Well, what if the jail? No, no, no. That's, no, that's, that's the end. 10 days. 10 days. It's there. It's written. Yeah. I'd love to say hire us and we can always avoid it, but I can't say always. Hire us and we can often avoid it. There are things that you can do, but those things are negotiable. But I always tell people, man, you think you're going to go handle this and just plead guilty? Be ready. And if you're cool with it, some people are. 10 days. Don't pass go. Don't do nothing. 10 days. And some people can stomach that. Other people can't. Some people have the time. Some people don't have the time. Some people are like, time. man, I can't lose. If I, if I go 10 days, I'm going to lose my job. This is the Star Trek. I call this my Star I forget what it, the no-win test they used to do. Kobayashi or something. Like the Kobayashi scenario. In Star Trek, it's sort of this lore. I was a Star Trek geek at one point. It's this lore that in order to get your captain's license, you have to go through this like live simulated no-win scenario. In other words, you die no matter what you do. This is what we're talking about. I get this all the time. I got the third offense OBI. I can't get convicted of this. I'll lose my job. My wife will leave me, and I'll lose my house, and I'll lose my kids. I'll lose everything if I get convicted of this. And I look at the case. I'm like, well, you crashed into a telephone pole. You took a blood, breath, and urine test, and there's no problems otherwise with the case. I can't get convicted. Well, you crashed into a telephone pole. You flunked the blood, breath, and you know it's like. Now sometimes we can help them navigate those problems, but. It quickly becomes a no-win scenario if you if you stack up multiple OBIs. It's bad. Well, you know, I can't go to jail. It's like, yeah, I know. It sucks, but... Mm. That's kind of the deal. Yeah, we although we get a magic wand out sometimes and we can fix it, but uh, it's uh, it's an uphill fight. So, anyway. Uh, great question, though. I li- Like I said, it's going to end up on the, uh, on the webpage. One. And uh, there's a few more we'll cover next time here on Lawyer Talk. Uh, but for now, I think it's time to wrap it up. Another great blitz session Wednesday. We'll be here next Wednesday. As far as I can tell, uh, more blitz interface, more free phone in and more fun. So, uh, this has been lawyer talk off the record on the air, at least until now.